Heading into October, the college football playoff race is getting very interesting. All that and more here on The Football Podcast. This is The Football Podcast with Max and Dad. Here's your hosts. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Max. And I'm Dad. First quarter. We're going to have a weekly recap of what happened on Friday and Saturday. First up on Friday was a huge game. Number 19, Oregon State upsets number 10, Utah, 21-7. DJ Ugagula. Led the Beavs to a victory with 204 yards, one touchdown, and only one interception. That's one of my favorite names in the game right now. Utah's inefficiency on offense proved to be the difference in this game as the Utes fell to the Beavers. This really puts a hurt on Utah's thoughts about anything toward the college football playoffs. Next up, early morning on Saturday, we had number 8 USC barely survives in Colorado. Caleb Williams had 403 yards, 6 touchdowns, and 1 interception to lead the Trojans to this close victory. Yeah, USC exploded to a 34-7 lead in the second quarter before Colorado storms back to make it a one-score game with just under two minutes in the fourth quarter. USC recovered the onside's kick and ended the comeback right there. But I'll tell you this, hats off to the way the Buffs fought back from such adversity. Max, I've seen lesser teams fold up and quit when they're down by four TDs in a game. Deion Sanders really inspired his players to never give up, and that inspires me. Next up, we had Ole Miss upsets number 13 LSU 55-49 at home in a back-to-back offense thriller. Jackson Dart had 389 yards, four touchdowns, and Quinson Judkins had 177 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. Yeah, this game had us pretty hot on Saturday night. Uh, It was a barn burner as LSU loses to Ole Miss 55-49. Let me give you a couple of combined stats. This was between the teams. There was 65 first downs, 1,343 yards of offense, 803 passing yards, 540 rushing yards, But the real difference was the stat of the turnovers. One turnover by LSU. This was huge. For us, it was very disappointing that the Tigers are pretty much out of playoff contention. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. And finally, the big game. Number 11, Notre Dame outlasts number 17, Duke, in the final seconds of the game. Sam Hartman had 222 yards, and Audric Estime had 81 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Yeah, Estime scored the go-ahead TD on a 30-yard run, leaving the Blue Devils with only 30 seconds remaining in the game. Duke fumbled the ball away on the ensuing offensive play, and that sealed the deal for them. Second quarter. Highs and lows. Let's start with the lows this week. First, I got Georgia barely squeezes by Auburn, 27-20. to Really kind of questioning whether Georgia is going to try to have a three-peat for a national championship. 
Yeah, Georgia's defense is very strong, but their offense needs better production if they want to get back to the college football playoff. Next up is number seven, Washington, squeezing past Arizona 31-24. Michael Penix Jr. is phenomenal. It's just the Washington defense that needs to shape up a little bit. Washington has a very high chance of winning this Pac-12 championship, but if they do want to make it to the college football playoffs, then they're going to need to focus more on defense than offense. Yeah, the Huskies had a season-low 31 points uh, in their 7-point victory to lowly Arizona. And then finally, the last low is USC. They had a great game against Colorado. Caleb Williams had a phenomenal game as usual. It's just the defense couldn't really hold Shadur Sanders in the second half. Yes, USC's defense needs to step it up if they want to win the Pac-12 and get to the college football playoff. Next up, we got some highs. First, we got Alabama going to Mississippi State and crushing them 40-17. to This is the usual Alabama. Yeah, the Crimson Tide looked to be firing on all cylinders as they raced past Mississippi State. Next up is Oregon. They beat Stanford 42-6. to They did crush Colorado last week, and it's looking like Oregon is the Pac-12 championship right now. As the Ducks routed Stanford... They have their eyes on the Pac-12 prize and possibly more. And finally is number three, Texas, taking down number 24, Kansas, 40-14. to Kansas was 4-0 coming into this game, and Texas really showed why they are at that number three spot. Yeah, the Longhorns were very businesslike as they easily handled the Jayhawks. Third quarter. Goodbye! Starting off with number five is a bit of a shocker. I got Audric Estime from Notre Dame. Had a huge game against Duke last week. He didn't really perform that great against Ohio State, but this week against Duke really brought him into that Heisman talk. Right now he has 672 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, and averages seven yards per carry. Number four, I have Jaden Daniels from LSU. Not the outcome that he was expecting from Ole Miss, but he does have this season 1,710 passing yards, 16 touchdowns, and two interceptions. Number three is Shadur Sanders from Colorado. 1,781 yards, 15 touchdowns, and two interceptions. Even though this kid lost the last two games, he's really showing the grit that he has. Number two, no surpriser, I got Caleb Williams from USC coming back in the top three. 1,603 yards, 21 touchdowns, and one interception. The reigning Heisman Trophy winner is trying to go for a back-to-back trophy. The only person right now at his competition level is number one Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. Leads the nation with 1,999 yards, 16 touchdowns, and two interceptions. Fourth quarter. What's your prediction? Alrighty, our week six predictions. Let's get it started, Max. First up, we got number 11, Alabama, traveling to Kyle Field to play the Texas A&M Aggies. I got Alabama coming out with this victory. Nick Saban will come in with Jalen Milrow, and they will fall out. I'm going to have to agree with you. Alabama takes the victory over Texas A&M, and I think they'll do it quite easily. Next up, we got Maryland at number 4, Ohio State. Maryland is 5-0. and this is going to be a really fun game to watch, these two explosive offenses and defenses. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go with the Buckeyes. 
of Ohio State. I think they'll get the job done. And they're playing at home as well. It's very hard to play at Ohio State. I feel like Kyle McCord and Marvin Harrison will do an explosive job. Yeah, I'm also going to take the Buckeyes over Maryland easily. Buckeyes win by at least three touchdowns. Next up is number 10 Notre Dame going to number 25 Louisville. Now, Notre Dame just had a very close call against Duke, but that doesn't fool me of taking the Fighting Irish. I will take them beating Louisville at their house. I'm actually going to go with Louisville in this game. I think Notre Dame gets tripped up once more. They lost a close one to Ohio State. They beat Duke just barely. I think the Cardinals will pull the upset in Louisville this Saturday. For our next one, we have number 20, the Kentucky Wildcats going to Georgia. I'm going to take number 20, Kentucky, on this one. They had an explosive game against Florida. I'm going with an upset alert at Georgia. So we'll see what happens. I don't know what Kirby Smart has up his sleeve for this explosive Kentucky Wildcats offense, but we will see. Wow, that's a great pick right there. I'm going to have to go with the Bulldogs of Georgia to beat the Wildcats of Kentucky. I just feel that Georgia's defense is that much stronger, and I don't think Kentucky will have the same success as they did against Florida. And finally, we have the Red River Showdown, number three, Texas versus number 12, Oklahoma. Last year, Texas absolutely dominated Oklahoma, 49-0. This year, though... Things are going to change a lot. Number three, Texas is a very strong team. I love their pass attack. But don't underestimate Oklahoma with their big passing game. And their rushing game is also very effective. But I'm going to have to go with the Longhorns. Quinn Ewers is amazing right now. And he will get the job done to crown Texas back-to-back Red River Showdown champions. Yeah, I'm also going to agree with you on that. I don't think they'll win 49-0. to But you never know with the Red River Showdown. I think the Longhorns will take this over the Sooners, handing them their first loss on the season and helping propel Texas to victory in the last meeting of the Red River Showdown as Big 12 members. We're going to overtime. We have a special guest on the show this week as a representative of the Missouri Tiger fan base. He is a Missouri native and now a Louisiana transplant. He was an All-State safety at Warrington High School for the Warriors there in Warrington, Missouri. The football podcast would like to welcome number 10, the wild man himself, Mr. AC, Aaron Clark. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you. Excited to be here. Well, welcome. We're uh, we're excited. Uh, our LSU Tigers are taking on your Missouri Tigers this Saturday, October 7th in Columbia, Missouri. Kickoff is at 12 noon. And LSU opens up at a 6.5 point favorite. Um, LSU fell to 3-2 and two this, uh, this weekend after a crazy 55-49 to 49 loss to the Ole Miss Rebels. But your Missouri Tigers uh, just beat Vanderbilt to stay perfect at 5-0 on the year. So, Aaron, tell us a little bit of the keys to success of what you feel has made this Missouri squad undefeated thus far. Yeah, so Mizzou is on a roll this year, 5-0, and and our schedule hasn't been super tough, but we did have that really nice win over a ranked Kansas State 
redeemed ourselves from last year. We got thumped last year. So we've been rebuilding our program for about four years. And so, you know, it's great to see the consistency of getting the wins that we're supposed to get. And so I think the key for us so far this year has just been consistency. And we'll talk about the quarterback, I'm sure, after a while. But um, we are not turning the ball over. And we're we're um, taking take care of the ball. We're making plays when we have to. Our defense has got some holes, but we're pretty solid. And so we're not killing ourselves in games. And so I think if we can come into this week, execute a game plan, and not have all the turnovers, I think we, we have a shot. Yeah, turnovers can be key. I, uh, I know LSU had a few against Ole Miss that really cost them. So, All right, next mm-hmm. up, uh, what can you tell us about the big Missouri QB, Brady Cook? Brady Cook. So we got a saying. Um, I'm on uh, Twitter or X now. So like during the games, I'm like live tweeting and doing all that stuff. Um, but like he is a uh, he's a homegrown kid. He grew up in the St. Louis area, so he's playing for his his home state. And he's just he's a high character kid. He's been putting in a lot of work. And he is. I mean, he just he's sneakily becoming a really good quarterback. And he took some heat from Mizzou fan base because all we would throw is these little screens and these little dinks. And, and we're like, throw the ball downfield. We've got like some really awesome wide receivers. And what it turns out, it seems like our, our offensive coordinators and coaches just weren't opening up the playbook. So the last few weeks they've done that and he's dropping dimes. And I mean, just some beautiful passes and sneakily, this guy has set the sec record for most uh, attempted passes without an interception. I'm like, that's, that's pretty amazing. So he's, he's been really consistent for us. He, he's got a banged up knee, but he is really mobile as well. So I'm hoping he, his knee gets a little better so he can show off his wheels a little bit uh, when, when the, the Bayou Bengals come to town. I did see that stat the other day. I think it was somewhere over 400 passing attempts without an interception, which is uh, pretty incredible. Yeah. So he's making the smart plays. He's a big part of when we take care of the football and don't just turn it over, no silly mistakes. So we're, we're, we find ourselves in the game quite a bit. So we got a saying now. It's called let Brady cook. And so now because of all his like passing yards, I mean, he's, he's really been playing well. I think his nickname unofficially is the chef. So we'll, we'll see how he cooks. Uh, coming up this Saturday. Well, we'll see if the LSU Tigers can maybe turn up the heat in the kitchen. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron, what do you think Mizzou will need to do to win the game against the LSU Tigers? So I already mentioned one of these, but they, they can't turn the ball over. LSU, I, I watched their game. Their offense is on fire right now. I mean, you're all the quarterback, Jaden Daniels. I mean, the throws he was making last night were incredible. It was incredible. So we can't make mistakes, and our defense is going to have to figure out a way to step up and get a few stops. You know, I think our, our defense has to show up in a big way and play some true SEC style. We've got some really good linebacker and D-line play, and we have experienced defensive backs. Now, we've had some gaps and holes in there, so no busted plays, no letting men get over the top and missed assignments. We can't afford any of those early season mistakes that you see. Um, we got to play a clean football game. And finally, we're going to go with some predictions. I'll start it off. I'm going to go with the LSU Tigers uh, beating the Missouri Tigers 23-17. to 17. Ooh, you think the defenses are going to show up. That's, that's interesting, Max. 
I think that's a bold prediction. I think it's going to be another shootout. And I think my Mizzou Tigers, M-I-Z, uh, I think we're going to pull it out in a, a similar fashion to what just happened uh, this Saturday in a 42-38 to 38 victory. No, that's pretty good. I, I, uh, I'm going to go kind of on the, on the bias side, obviously, to my LSU Tigers. But I'll tell you this. If, if it's a close game, I think it'll favor Mizzou. And so I hope that it's uh, a couple touchdown spreads. So I won't give the final prediction, but I'm, I'm taking my Tigers, the Bayou Bengals, uh, by two touchdowns. And that may come off of a turnover, too. But, um, yeah, I think, I think the close game actually favors Mizzou. We shall see a kickoff noontime. That'll be good because uh, it won't be a late night for us out here on the East Coast. Um, That's right. Yeah, but uh, but Aaron, on a final plug, uh, tell us something about you, your family, your business. What what do you want to plug today? Yeah, well, I just want to take a minute, Max. Tell me. I mean, I don't know how old you are, but I know I know you're uh, still in school, um, teenage years, right? Uh, yes, sir. I just want to say, first off, it's awesome to see a dad and a son doing something like this together, talking about the most amazing game of football. Um, I listened to a couple of your old episodes. Max, you sound like a professional already. I've seen some of your game clips that your dad shares online. I'm excited about your future in football. So my plug is if there's any guys that are out there that are 20 years old, they're young dads, they think their glory days are over because their playing days are done, I'm telling you they're not. The future is investing in the next generation. So my challenge to you, whether you know – uh, you play college ball or you didn't or you don't know anything, get involved at the local level. Go out to the to the rec league and just coach a baseball team, coach a football team, just get involved. And you don't have to you don't have to be an expert at the sport. You just gotta know how to love kids and spend time with them because that is really where the value is and, and the next generation needs people to step up and lead and give them opportunities and love on them and coach them. And, uh, you know, just show them the way and give them opportunities to learn and develop that character that we know only comes through playing sports. That's a great message, Aaron. We appreciate you. Thanks for joining us on The Football Podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. Click that subscribe button and follow us to know when more episodes are available. This is Max. And this is Max's dad. Thanks for listening.